Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is Filipino mythology. I'm your hostess, Ashley, and with me today, as always, are the funny and fabulous Emily and Lindsay. Love the alliteration. Thank you. Thank Hi. you. I always have to have alliteration or it makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, without you even realizing it, my alliterations are also going to start with Fs. So Smooth. Or is it going to be funny and fantastic? Because that'll be pretty hilarious. No, they're not. They're different. Oh. Ooh. Well, you know what? I think that's fucking phenomenal. So. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of those was technically a PH, but it sounds like an F, so it works. <laughs> All right, before we get started with this week's story, we have some fun news we wanted to share with you. We've lowered the prices on our Patreon tiers, so now you can get all the same amazing perks for a smaller monthly donation that helps to support our pizzeria. The Mythbuster tier is now just $3 a month, the Cryptid Hunter tier is only $5, and the Fabulous Storyteller Storyteller tier, apparently that's hard for me to say, so that bodes well for this episode. <laughs> Let's try that again, Johnny. The fabulous storyteller tier is now just $10 per month. So if you've been wanting to be a patron, but have thought it's just a little bit too expensive for your budget, now you might be able to join our fun society. I gotta stop saying F words now. I can't. <laughs> you love F words. One in particular. I, I love two F words a lot. <laughs> Never give it up. Does anyone know what the second one is? Uh, no. Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows what the first one is, so we're not going to bother. Friendship. (laughs) You make me sound so nice. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, let's get into our context. Oh, God. I wrote a lot of numbers in this. Let's make it happen. (laughs) The Philippines, located in Southeast Asia, is an archipelagic nation comprised of 7,640 islands and covering an area of 300,000 square kilometers or, for those of us who don't understand the metric system, 120,000 square miles. It's actually not that big for 7,000 islands. That is a metric fuck ton of islands. That's a lot of islands. So many. I feel like a lot of those were volcano toots. It's like pew, 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 pew. Here's an island. Yes, but they're they're beautiful volcano toots. (laughs) (laughs) The prettiest of the volcanic toots. (laughs) 
Sorry, Philippines. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through this now that I'm thinking about volcanic toots, but we'll make it happen. <laughs> Situated in the Pacific Ocean, the country's western boundary is the South China Sea, with the eastern boundary being the Philippine Sea. And to the southwest, there is the, I'm gonna assume, celibacy, because I forgot to look that one up. And also because it sounds like celibacy, and I think that's funny. So we're <laughs> sticking with it, even if it's wrong. It is the world's 12th most populated country, with a population of 109 million people in 2020. But keep in mind that the Philippines is far from home far from homogenous. Oh my god. I can't say far from, but I can say homogenous and archipelago. <laughs> okay. It's gonna be a day. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride and we're here for it. As a multinational country, the Philippines boasts an incredibly diverse set of cultures and ethnicities spread throughout its many islands. And it has a very rich history as well. There is evidence of early hominins populating the Philippines some 709,000 years ago. That's awesome. That's old. It's ripe. <laughs> that would be pre-human because humans arose 200,000 years ago. Yeah, hominins yeah, so came the, before. The predecessors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made sure I hit that second end because I was like, everyone's yep. going to be like, you're wrong, bitch. And I want to be like, you know what? I might be, except that I researched <laughs> this. Within islands that lie between Mindoro to the northeast and Borneo in the southwest, Palawan is the largest province in the Philippines in terms of total area. It is named for the largest island in the grouping, but it's multiple islands. Researchers have found evidence of human occupation of Palawan dating back 50,000 years in the Tabone Caves. Ooh. Ooh, is right. This archipelagic province is home to multiple indigenous groups, including the Palawan, yes, that's the name of a people too, try not to get confused, uh, Tagbanma, Batok, and Taut Bato. Because I said Batok, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I knew you were going to giggle at that one. That's funny. <laughs> Hi, we're the butt people. <laughs> oh my god. We live on Chook <laughs> Island. <laughs> I don't think any of the islands is actually named Toot Island, but you know what? There are 7,640 islands, so who knows? They just ran out of names, and they're like, we're just going to call you Big Toot and Little Toot. Just kidding. Please <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> cut what out? The cheese? <laughs> Oh, good God. We're all in rare form. Um, anyway, those are the oldest groups to inhabit the area. So that's why I wanted to keep them in the mix. This week's myth comes from the Palawan people, who inhabit the southern part of the island Palawan, between the South China Sea and the Sulu Sea, which, you know, for obvious reasons, I like the Sulu Sea, mm -hmm. because I like Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> Scientific research suggests that there is a high likelihood the Palawan tribe is descended from the inhabitants of the Tabone Caves. How fucking Ooh. cool is that? Wow. That's so really cool. You can just trace your lineage back 50,000 years. That's pretty cool. It's epic. I want to be a cave person. I don't. <laughs> Originally a nomadic group, the Palawan would exploit the rich natural resources of the most fertile patches of land before moving on to another when the soil was depleted to give it time to recover. However, their lands eventually began to be settled by outsiders, prompting them to put down firmer roots of their own. As of 2019, which was the most recent year I could find stats for, there were approximately 40,000 living Palawan people. They're still here. That That's is super really cool. cool. Right? Usually I get the cultures that aren't really here anymore, so I'm really excited. 
Palawan families build their homes on hillsides near bodies of fresh water using the trunks of four thinner trees to suspend the floors approximately 15 to 20 feet above the ground. Slanted logs attached to the entrances are used to get up and down from the houses, although some unmarried people prefer hanging ropes instead. That is my worst nightmare because I cannot climb that rope. That was the worst day in gym class. I just need everyone to know my adolescent pain. <laughs> I have no upper body strength, so I'd just be like, I guess I live on the ground now. This is my home. <laughs> I will sleep under my house and hope it does not collapse on me. You're going to be like the the dog in Go Dog Go that's underneath the house. And it's like, you know, start <laughs> under here. <laughs> in addition to growing food... The Palawan hunt wild game aided by spears tipped with poison and fish using sap diluted with water. Like, they literally dump it in. It messes with the fish's perception, and then you just scoop them out. That's, That's pretty smart. Cool. That's fucking awesome. It's way cooler than hooks. <laughs> hooks are stupid, especially if you accidentally poke yourself with it. I've never done that for the record, but I feel like eventually I will. My dad got a hook through his thumb. Yeah, Ugh. no, no. That was thanks no. to my sister, but <laughs> that was an interesting day at the ER. <laughs> All the way through. Ooh. Well, I was just going to say, at least, you know, you don't have to worry about, what is it, 500 crappy fish hooks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Haha, ha, that goes back to episode one. <laughs> yep. That was called a callback. <laughs> Going back a whole year, guys. A whole year. <laughs> Domesticated dogs are commonly used for hunting as well. So they like dogs, which means I like them automatically. Mm -hmm. Just automatically like them. Some believe the Palawan have the shortest lifespan of out of like basically all human populations. <laughs> But there is no data to support this claim because we don't have a lot of data about them and because the Palawan have no concept of years, so they don't measure age in a way that makes sense to outsiders. Yeah, that would make sense. It would make it really hard to understand if yep. they can't give you a good idea of how old they, they are. When asked about their birth, they typically point to a tree and say they were born when it was a certain height. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that's not going to help you out very much, <laughs> judging how old they are. Nope. For the Palawan, life is based on the principle of ingasik, or compassion. As such, their actions are guided by the importance of displaying generosity and sympathy for others. Nice. Aww. I think these are my favorite people on the whole planet. They sound pretty awesome so far. I like them a lot. I like the idea of not knowing how old I am. I also love that. <laughs> forever young. I wanna be forever It's been a while since we've sung a song, so there you go. Um, While they do have a written script, so they do have writing, their stories tend to follow the oral tradition. According to anthropologists, the, the script... Oh my god, if you just heard my dog snort, that is not a pig. It is a Boston Terrier. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm going to be honest with you, I love the sound of her sleeping because it sounds like I own a pig. <laughs> love her so much. Um, so they do have script, like I was saying, but that is used for written messages, not writing down knowledge or narratives. So that's used if you, like, need to send a note to somebody. It's not used to write a book or something. Gotcha. So, with that being said, it's unsurprising then that Kudaman, our story for this week, is an oral epic comprised of six songs that traditionally take seven nights to perform. Ooh. Yep. The first night is used to introduce the epic, and following that, one song is performed per night. Hmm, that's cool. I like that. It's like a whole event. Yeah, just keep a, like a celebration going for a whole week. We're not going to do this for a whole week. That's probably good. <laughs> it's good 
because we have other stuff that we also need to get recorded today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are all finished with our appetizers. I'll be back with the main course right after this break. Hey there, Rainbow Warriors. It's me, CJ, host of Beyond the Rainbow, True Crimes of the LGBT. I have sprinkled myself with protective glitter and jumped upon my trusty unicorn to bring stories of the LGBTQI. Whether you belong to this community or not, I welcome you to take a listen to Beyond the Rainbow. I have all sorts of crazy, chilling, and horrifying stories I tell. It's available almost everywhere you listen to podcasts. Still not sure I'm worth a listen? Then check out my website at beyondtherainbowpodcast.com. And remember, it's not a crime to be gay. Unless you're a murderer. And we're back. I hope you're hungry because it's time for our main course. And there's a lot of it. Yay! I didn't eat today, so I'm gonna... It's okay, we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time. This story is fucking wild. But before I start reading it, I gotta look at my cheat sheet real quick again, I'm sorry. This is what happens when you don't type your pronunciation guide into your notes. You have a cheat sheet, and then you have to check it. Okay, I'm good. Are you gonna be mad if I take a moment to take off my pants? No. No. Okay, go ahead and continue with the story. I'm still listening. I'm just becoming pantsless. All right. While she's doing that, an evil spirit dwells in a spring by the Tabungan River where Tuwan Putli and her cousin Ambeinan go to fish. One day, as they were about to leave and return home, Tuwan Putli caught sight of a lobster with golden pincers and couldn't resist trying to capture it. Her cousin waited for her for a while, but when Tuwan Putli still didn't join her to walk home, Ambeinan went to look for her. But all she found was Tuwan Putli's fishing basket covered in blood. Uh-oh. Filled with fear, Ambeinan rushed back to the village to report that her cousin had disappeared. Tuwan Putli's father, worried for his daughter's safety, asked his son-in-law, Muta Muta, to go look for her. But Muta Muta is not interested in searching for his wife. Instead of looking for her himself, he sends a message to the young man of the clouds for assistance. That's not suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't Don't be suspicious. suspicious. Don't Don't be be suspicious. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Okay, we're done. The young man of the clouds agrees to search for her on one condition. If he finds Tuwan Putli, she will become his wife. Well, it sounds like her husband doesn't really care too much about her, so... Right? Trade up. Lucky (laughs) her to be just traded like a pog. Well, it's a god, so she's probably going to be treated better. One would hope. One would hope. I mean, it's not Zeus, so... With the agreement reached, the young man of the clouds goes to the pool of water where Tuwan Putli was last seen and finds a crocodile scale. Uh Seeing it, he realizes what must have happened to the young woman. After tracking down the crocodile, the young man of the clouds manages to find one of Tuwan Putli's toenails still stuck in its teeth. (gasps) (gasps) I did not create this story. Nightmares. It was also epically difficult to even find a text of this story anywhere because they don't write it down. Epically? Yep. I did it on purpose. The young man of the clouds retrieves the toenail and places it inside a golden chest. Sometime later, he hears the muffled sound of a woman calling to be let out. When the chest is opened, Tuwan Putli emerges as good as new and bathed in golden light so bright that the entire house glows as if it contains the rising sun. That's that's from a toenail. toenail. It just reminds me of that scene from uh, Fifth Element where they just use the hand yes. to like recreate her. 
And they're like, she's perfect. I mean, she kind of is, but continue. I will try. (laughs) (laughs) When she learns of the deal that was made to save her, Tuwan Putli agrees to marry the young man of the clouds. So, technically, he did still ask if that helps, if that That helps at all. Sometime later, the young man of the clouds is seduced by the lady of the sea, with whom he falls completely in love. Like the young man in the clouds, the lady of the sea is married, so their union is adulterous on both parts. Is she married to a guy in Japan by any chance? No, but I know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. There aren't any fish hooks in this story. Or special sashes. Yeah. You know, I don't think there are any special sashes either, unless I'm forgetting something. No, I'm pretty sure that's right. Still having short-term memory problems, so if I'm wrong, you can make a really loud noise at me later. When Tuwan Putli learns of her husband's infidelity, she leaves him. However, when the Lady of the Sea's husband, Kudamon, learns of his wife's betrayal, he sends her to stay with her father, the Sultan of the Sea Coast. But he does not tell his father-in-law why he has sent his wife away. Which is kind of classy, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can think I'm a dick if you want to. It's fine. I just don't want her around right now. But your daughter is the not classy one. It's true. Kudamon meets Tuwan Putli and offers her a betel nut, which is the equivalent of a marriage proposal. So anytime someone offers someone a betel nut in the story... They're asking them to marry them. So just keep that in mind. By accepting the betel nut, Tuwan Putli is consenting to marry the hero and becomes his principal wife. Okay. Yep, this is a polygamous society. So she's the the head wife. She's the main woman now. Because, you know, the other one is a cheater. God. I don't like cheaters. In case that's unclear. I don't either, so... The only people who like cheaters are other other cheaters. Yep. Who then acts surprised when they get cheated on? <laughs> oh my god, how could you do this to me? Nope, okay, this is derailing quickly into a weird episode of Jerry Springer. Back to the story. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Sultan of the Sea Coast learns from his daughter why she's been separated from Kudamon, and as punishment... What do you think the punishment is? Guess, guess, guess. He feeds her to a crocodile and doesn't take her toenail? Ha. No, but I, I like guess. that guess. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He cuts her head off. <gasps> nice. Whoa. Well, yep. I guess that's really six of one, half a dozen of the other. Dead by crocodile, dead by beheading. Whatever. He beheads her with the scissors of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but the lady of the sea is then reborn even more beautiful than she was before death. Which, when you think about it, explains a lot about why I'm so pretty. I'm just kidding. I don't think I'm pretty. Okay, back to the story. (laughs) When she sees how lovely she looks, she is eager to see Kudamon again. And honey, why? Like, if you actually care about him, then why'd you cheat? Okay, stop. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with people, and cheaters upset me, but it's fine. This is a story. It's a story. It's okay. Tuwan Putli's first husband, Muta Muta, and his brother, Datu of Ligayan, come to visit Kudamon, and Muta Muta offers to make a blood pact with the hero. Kudamon accepts, and the men exchange gifts to seal their agreement. Afterward, Muta Muta is invited to live with them, as he and Kudamon are now blood brothers, so now they're family too. They celebrate with a feast of rice and wine. Nice. I would be Sounds there like for a that. good time. I'm in. Yep. I like both those things. Me too. I don't like wine really, but I'll eat some rice. Drink some water. If I have to drink a little bit of wine so that everyone's happy, I will do it. I'll suck it up and do it. <laughs> I'll probably be drunk then though, even if it's a tiny little bit. So look out. <laughs> 
Kudamon departs on his purple heron. That's right. Kudamon has a beautiful purple heron. And he Aww. rides around on it. And I fucking love it. <laughs> I was going to say, that's your favorite color. One I of do. Them. It's majestic. I wish I had a big purple bird to ride around on. <laughs> I'm just picturing it and it's beautiful. Herons are very graceful looking anyway, but then like imagining it purple, it's like regal now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Until they fight and then they're winging their long heads around. <laughs> Less majestic. <laughs> I wish everyone could see what you just did with your head and neck. <laughs> It's a shame that I hate video right now. <laughs> so anyway, he departs on his majestic purple heron, beginning a series of journeys that is intended to last for seven years. Along the way, Kudaban meets and marries the Lady of the Emerald Dove, with whom he briefly returns home to find that the Lady of the Sea has returned in his absence. Absence? Really, Ashley? <laughs> In his absence, because there's no tea in that word. There is lots of tea in this story, though. Sip, Ugh. sip. She is now blood sisters with Tuwan Pootli, so Kudamon has three wives. Three. Why? I don't think I could... If I were a man, I would. one would be good. I hope the, like, sea maiden or whatever, like, that she's, like, the lowest on the totem pole. She probably is, because she's a cheater. Yeah. Mm. She definitely got demoted because she was the first wife, so she should have been the principal wife, but she's not. It's Tuan Puli. They all exchange rings before Kudamon sets off on his purple heron once more. On the next leg of his journey, he meets the Lady of the Pine Trees, who is enamored of the handsome hero and his beautiful pet bird. That's right. Ladies love a purple heron. <laughs> As we've established. Oh, yeah. Like the other wives before her, the Lady of the Pine Trees lives with her fellow wives as sisters. In celebration of their large and happy family, they build a larger home together for all of them to share and have another rice and wine feast. The music from the gongs at the feast draws a crowd that includes the young man of the clouds, and all who arrive are welcome to join the party. Everybody rejoices. But then, a vision interrupts the feast. It warns that the dreaded Lanan army has also heard of the music and the sounds of rejoicing coming from Kudaman's home. They plan to attack and take away his four beautiful wives. Kudaman, however, is a man of peace who knows violence is a moral mistake that would be upsetting to Ampu, the master. So that's like the main god as far as I can tell. So instead, he and his family prepare to greet their uninvited guests with civility and good manners. Y'all like some rice? <laughs> We've got wine. a lot of wine. You want some wine? <laughs> it's a party up in here. Up in here. Up in here. When the Lanin arrive, Kudamon welcomes them to join the festivities. But despite their best efforts to solve the problem without violence, the Lanin direct, sorry, rudely reject the invitation, and a fight breaks out when Muta Muta and the young man of the clouds attack the army. <laughs> so they're just like, we tried, you're rude, we don't like it. And then they're like, hiya, and they kick their asses, and it's awesome. <laughs> Except that it's a huge fight and it lasts a really long time. It's not two seconds, like I just implied, because it's an army. Kudamon stays out of the brawl at first, but ultimately feels foist. Foist? Forced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not that close. <laughs> Listen, I can't do this today. <laughs> Words are very difficult, and I'm not good at English, even though I have multiple degrees in it, so it's fine. You foist me to do it. You foist me. You fo okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you twisted my arm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he ultimately feels forced to join as the fight rages on in order to protect his brothers and his wives. The fighting lasts for seven years. Everything's seven years in this story, just so you know. 
But in the end, Kudamon and his family win the war. After the war ends, Kudamon and the young man of the clouds walk back together until they come upon the home of Kudamon's cousin, Lambu Hanan, whom they stop to visit. It turns out that Limbu Hanan has recently married the lady of the Agaho tree, and they decide to accompany Kudamon the rest of the way home. When they finally reach the large house again, they are greeted by Kudamon's four lovely wives, and the drinking and feasting resumes once more. At the gathering, they offer advice and discuss the rules of marriage with the new couple. The party continues for three days with the gongs playing and people dancing, rejoicing, and generally having a wonderful time because they're boogieing and that's fun. On the third night, they open the jars and begin to drink from them to observe the custom of the jars. This is also going to be a recurring theme. Beginning with the eldest, the Sultan of the Seacoast, one by one they drink themselves into an altered state, during which the others carefully watch over them to ensure their safety. So I don't really know what's in these jars before anyone asks. I do not know, but I know it's some kind of hallucinogen. It's LSD. It sounds like a good time. (laughs) They've got people assigned to keep an eye on you so that you don't, like, wander off the edge of the island and drown. So it's like it's, they've got it all worked out. It's a good call, you know, because drowning sucks. Yeah, it does. So I've heard, yes. Kudaman is the last to drink, and he finds himself transported to another dimension. He comes back to himself to find he is being watched over by the beautiful Lady of the Hooks. Hooks. But not fish hooks. So. With whom he instantly becomes enamored, thanks to her lovely appearance and tender care. He plans to marry her and make her the elder wife, and I'm like, what? You can't do that. That's too on me. She got her hooks in him. Huh? <laughs> that was the low hanging fruit. <laughs> Alright, so then in like the vision slash altered state thing still, Kudamon spits a betel nut at the dead Lanin army, bringing them back to life, at which point they lay down their arms and make a blood pact with him. So, like, it's in an altered state, and yet it's not in an altered state, because those dudes really do come back to life. So, did he, like, marry all those dudes yeah, to bring right? them back to life? No, because he chewed it up and spit it on them. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell, the betel nut is supposed to be, like, imbued with life force or something. I mean, I think that's why, like accepting it means joining your lives together Uh, like giving it but he chewed it up and spit it on them so i don't really know exactly what that symbolizes the the parts where everyone's high are really confusing and i did the best that i could (laughs) fair so he was basically proposing peace between them there you go yeah there There you you go. go sort of like the blood brothers thing there you go i like it emily Sometime earlier, there was a conflict between Kudaman and the chief judge of the Pingsaran over Tuwan Putli. As in, this guy was like, hey, she's really beautiful. I'd like her to be my wife, but she's your wife and we can't both have her. You know, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Because they can have multiple wives, but the wives can't have multiple husbands. That'd be too confusing. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. To settle the rift now, the judge's wife and the lady of the Luray tree propose cutting Tuwan Putli in half. So they do it. Oh no. Oh my god. (laughs) Does she get a say in this? It doesn't seem like it. I don't think so. Oh my gosh. So Kudamon splits her down the center from head to toe and each half is reborn as a full Tuwan Putli which is even lovelier than the original. Of course. Apparently, if you kill women, we just, like, come back. I don't know. It's like when a lizard loses its tail and it just grows back. And it's even lovelier than the first tail. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I'm glad that they decided to go bilaterally down the middle. Because I was thinking, who gets the top and who gets the bottom (laughs) when you first said it? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms we're not ready to open. <laughs> so yeah, um, afterward, all of the guests decide to take their leave, because, you know, cutting someone in half is normally when the party's over. A bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, so everybody goes home, um, but they're hoping to have another feast soon. <laughs> you know, for like the marriage and stuff. And whatnot. The next feast is to be hosted by the Sultan of Another World. So Kudaman and his four wives fly to his home on their purple heron. When they arrive, they meet the Elanin. I'm sorry I have such a hard time with that name and I also apologize to the whole universe if I'm saying it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that has to be right because everything else is pretty much phonetic. So that one's just really hard for me for some reason. I don't know why. So anyway, they meet the Alanin who have come to the feast as well. They declare their intentions are peaceful. Peaceful. Mm-hmm. Skepticism. Air quotes. <laughs> they again partake in the custom of the jars. You know, that thing. And after Kudaman's cousin Limbuhanan's trip has been completed... He asks that they stop playing the gong so as not to offend the Weaver of the World. So apparently the Weaver of the World hates loud music. Doesn't sound like a good time. Really doesn't. She's got her broom ready to like hit the roof, hit the ceiling and be <laughs> yeah. like, hey, knock it off. Keep it down, you damn kids. <laughs> Pulls up the rope so nobody can come up to the house. <laughs> <laughs> good luck getting up without a rope. Ha ha, got you. <laughs> Kudaman once more is the last to take his psychedelic journey, and his is a shamanistic experience in which he communicates with Nagsalad, the weaver of the world. The weaver warns him against any acts of violence. When the party ends, everyone takes their leave and journeys home. But before long, Kudaman prepares to again leave the country in search of a new spouse. Because, you know, four wives is not enough. I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of spouses. I have trouble taking care of myself and a dog. I don't know. But, you know, if that's all you've ever known, I'm sure you're like, hey, this is perfect. I'm going to have a bunch of wives. So, once more, he entrusts the care of all of his wives to Tuwan Putli because she's still his primary wife. Apparently, he forgot to marry that other lady, you know, amidst all the psychedelics and bringing an army back to life. It was a whole thing. But this time, she is very sorrowful and asks him not to leave. Muta Muta suggests that perhaps Kudaman should cancel his trip, but to do so was not in the character of Kudaman, who never resisted the pull of his own desires. Sounds like a good dude. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of men that I know. Sounds like a lot of women I know, too. (laughs) (laughs) He offered to them a basil plant to serve as an icon of him while he is away, and then departs for another seven-year trip. Seven years. Maybe that's why he's like, I'm cool with having a whole bunch of wives because I'm never here. Doesn't have to do anything at all. Just leave. Just, I'm just going to go on another trip on my beautiful purple heron. I'll be back. A wealthy merchant greets Kudaman and offers him a set of beautiful golden rings, each decorated with a delicate floral motif. The merchant wants Kudaman to stay, but feeling weary from his travels, Kudaman declines and returns home. By the time he arrives, he is too tired to even chew, so his wives carry him in their arms as if he were a pillow. But then... He suddenly disappears. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. He's too tired to chew, so he becomes a pillow and poofs away. Yeah, why not? It happens to all of us at some point. At some point. Oh, I must have missed out on that day. That's (laughs) cool. It hasn't come yet. Stay tuned. All four of them project themselves into the celestial realm in search of Kudaman, mingling with the stars as they continue their search. That sounds pretty cool, that part. I'd like to do that. Do I have to drink what's in the jars first? 
does anyone know? I want to hang out with some stars and shit. Survey says no jar LSD drink. But I want to go this Okay. That, that you don't need it. That you can just travel without having to imbue or imbibe some of the the jar juice. The jar juice. <laughs> <laughs> the courageous lady of the Jinuku tree finds her way to Amu's abode and questions him about Kudaman's whereabouts. Amu reveals to her the true nature of Kudaman's power, which she then shares with her sisters. This allows them to find Kudaman and bring him home. Once they are returned, Kudaman launches into planning another feast and invites the Sultan of another world, sending his purple heron to fetch their guest. On the fourth night of this party, Kudaman sneaks away unobserved and consumes all 180 jars. Oh Holy my crap. god. Wait for it. As well as their entire stock of sugar canes. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's going to be a trip. And his cousin, Limbu Hanan must guide him on his trip during which Kudamon falls to the center of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <I bet. laughs> He's so high. <laughs> and I killed my pancreas with all this sugar. <laughs> the lady of the young men seizes him as he is falling and cures him by wiping his face with her scarf gently to ease him back to consciousness. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking, like, basically everyone I know would just dump ice-cold water <laughs> in my face and like, snap out of a bitch. But, you know, he gets his face gently caressed with a scarf, and that's fine. It seems fair. As you probably have already guessed, he is attracted to her and decides to bring her back with him, and she becomes his wife. After all the visitors are gone, the house falls silent and the family is alone. Which means what? Orgy. No. <laughs> that, that, I mean, seems like a good guess. <laughs> it means he's going to go on another trip. Oh, damn it. Oh. You're right. You're right. So, Kudamon goes on another seven-year journey, this time in search of gifts for his wives. So, not another wife, gifts. Sure, but I bet he comes back with another wife. He sure does. <laughs> <laughs> While flying through the sky in his beautiful carriage, he passes the Lady of the Sandbar, who is immediately taken with him. When he returns the opposite direction, he stops and makes her his next wife. Upon returning home with her, she is introduced to the others, and they have another feast of wine and rice to celebrate the new marriage. At this party, the Lady of the Anduan, the abode of Amu, falls in love with Kudaman and his beautiful purple heron. Like, they're literally at a feast for another wedding, and this lady's like, I love him. He's the best. I like your ride. That bird is magic. Can we just all conclude that this bird is magic somehow? <laughs> like, come on. Okay, this time, Kudaman and Limbu Hanan refrain from drinking when everybody else does the jars. But Kudaman asks his cousin to fill the jars in the future and preserve the rituals honoring the master of rice. Muta Muta is sent to Limbu Hanan's home to prepare for the next feast. And Limbu Hanan remembers his promise, so he prepares the jars and the yeast as he vowed to do. When the party kicks off, the Supreme Judge and the Sultan with his seven daughters, seven, seven. daughters, arrive. But Kudaman chooses to depart for another world instead. Dude, you can't just throw a party, invite a bunch of people, and then be like, you know what, I'm not going to come to my own party. I'm going to go somewhere else. But that's what happened. I mean, it's his party. He can fly if he wants to. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it, you beat me. Ugh, I can live with it. Still, still good. Along the way, he earns the love of the Lady of the Oil of the World, and further into that journey, 
another lady, the Lady of the Void. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. When he returns, he introduces these two new ladies to his wives and they reach an agreement. They too become his wives and sisters to the others, and following the marriage, there is another wine and rice feast. During the custom of the jars this time, Kudaman is attended by the Lady of the Hawks. They too reach an agreement and she becomes his tenth wife. Oh my god. She has no family and therefore no dowry. Meanwhile, the young man of the clouds marries the seventh and youngest of the Sultan's daughters. Her dowry is a river from the Sultan's residence that flows down from the sky. It supports a Oof, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. It's gonna be alright. This word's so hard for me. <laughs> it supports a Sizegium tree. Sizegium, there we go. And a grapefruit tree that is still sorry, that still today produced the most beautiful fruit for the entirety of the year. Ooh. And that's the end of the story. That ended very suddenly. I could not read that tree to save my life even though there was a fucking phonetic pronunciation right behind it. Syzygium. There we go. Fuck Words you. are hard. Words, Words are hard. hard. Oh man. Okay. We're all finished with our main course so let's take a short break before we bring out the dessert. And we're back. I hope you saved a little room for dessert because this week's final course is very important. So this week, we're going to end things a little differently. Rather than my usual search for connections with stories from other cultures or from pop culture, I'm wrapping up with a call to action. If you recall at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that there are still around 40,000 members of the Palawan community alive today. Well... The way of life of those 40,000 people is under a serious threat from mining happening in the forests of Palawan. You see, they do their farming on patches of forest land, so when those lands are cleared for mining, a major source of sustenance is threatened. This land has belonged to the Palawan for hundreds of years, and the government should not be allowing companies to co-op these spaces for profit especially given the devastating effects mining has on the environment, such as polluting rivers and streams the Palawan depend upon for drinking water and fishing. The Palawan have not given their consent to these activities, and despite the passing of a 25-year moratorium on small mining operations that was passed in 2008, there are still multiple large-scale mining operations active in the province. Palawan communities are vulnerable, and their culture and livelihood should be preserved and protected, not chased off of the land they've inhabited and farmed in a loving and responsible way for generations. Mining has already seriously limited the availability of farming and hunting lands for some Palawan communities. Forests have been ravaged, and damaging floods have been caused by mining. Their burial grounds and other sacred sites are being destroyed. That hurts. Please consider doing what you can to help ensure the survival of the Palawan and put a stop to mining on their lands. Visit survivalinternational.org slash tribes slash Palawan for more information on how you can help or to donate. We'll include that link in the show notes, of course. Yeah. Ingredients for this dish were sourced from an article by Nicole Revel entitled Kudaman, an oral epic in the Palawan Highlands from the journal Oral Tradition, published in 1996. A page called National Heritage Month 2020, Kudaman Epic of the Palawan from the Philippine Consulate General in Frankfurt website. A page on the Kudaman epic archived from the original and accessed via the Wayback Machine. A page from Wikipedia on Philippine mythology, as well as a page on the Philippines and the Palawan. And finally, Palawans... Nope, I lied. (laughs) 
almost finally. Palawan's indigenous groups from the website Travel Palawan. And finally, the page on the Palawan from Survival International. All right, so before we close up, does anybody want to share something good? Yeah, sure. I've been hitting the gym a little more regularly, and I've been trying to really make an effort to not feel like such a gross blob all the time. Because I got really used to wearing sweats and just kind of not, I didn't feel beautiful anymore. Mm-hmm. So I've been putting an effort at the gym and then I went out shopping for some new clothes this weekend and I really like what I got and it made me feel beautiful again. And I'm very much looking forward to just kind of walking out the door and wearing things that don't look like I just rolled out of bed and found it laying on my floor <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> that's fair. So that's my something good. Nice. What about you guys? I took Kona to get groomed this week. So now she doesn't smell like a fish market anymore. And her <laughs> fur is very soft and she's not shedding everywhere. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> that is something good. <laughs> Especially when the fish market's sitting right next to you. Yeah. And tries to like merge with you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I am sad that it took me this long to remember this, but my brain still doesn't work right. So I guess my something good is that I just got a raise. Yay! Yay. That is good. So that's pretty awesome because I haven't even been at my job for that long. And they were like, here, you are doing awesome. Have more money. And I was like, I don't mind if I do. (laughs) (laughs) What if you insist? I will take more money because I am poor and irresponsible with the money that I have. (laughs) I spend all of it on Red Bull and everyone knows. So yeah, um, I think with that, I will go ahead and close this up. Thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a compassionate slice of Filipino mythology. Pineapple Pizza Podcast sweet and cheesy not everyone understands our awesomeness but we're glad that you do question mark if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us check out our tea public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch or if you want to do a one-time donation you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice because we can never get enough of basically anything if we're being honest If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's PineAppAppPizzaPod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at pineappappizzapod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else, and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome. And we love you.